The best gifts are not material, but spiritual, not temporal, but eternal, and not earthly, but heavenly. In the book of Ephesians, we discover a rich list of what God has given to His children. Let's join Scott Pauley now as we open this portion of Scripture and take inventory of all spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ. We have been having a good time in Ephesians chapter 1, and before we leave the opening chapter of the book of Ephesians, I must show you something because I believe it's one of the great emphases of the book. It's repeated throughout this book, as I'll show you in just a moment. We've been talking about the inheritance that is ours in Jesus Christ, and he uses a word here repeatedly in the book uh, that I think we must pause and meditate on, and it is the word riches. Now, that's something most of us know very little about. Let's just be honest. Uh, there are some wealthy in this world, and God does give us richly all things to enjoy, uh, but most people are not rich. Uh, they're, they're making ends meet. They're working to pay their bills. Uh, they're just plodding along, and maybe today you're all worked up about the economy. Maybe today you're worried about how you're going to eat. Uh, the Lord Jesus had a lot to say about that when he was here, uh, not taking thought for the morrow. Uh, God takes care of the little sparrows. He's going to take care of you. Uh, the Heavenly Father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Can I just remind you today that God's economy is totally different than this world's economy? Uh, the psalmist said, I have been young and now I'm old, and yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Listen to me, friend. God always takes care of his children. And so I want to prove it to you today. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 7 we find the word riches for the very first time. It says this, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according, here's the first one, to the riches of his grace. So let's add this to the spiritual blessings list. We have the riches of his grace. And I think it's important that he begins here, not with another kind of riches, not with another kind of resources, but with the riches of his grace. Why is that? Because grace is every man's first and fullest need. We need grace. Why? Because our big problem, our number one problem, is a sin problem. And so he said, I'm going to redeem you through my blood. I'm going to forgive you of your sins, and I'm going to give you the riches of my grace. I, I'm glad to report today. I don't know what reporting you've been listening to, what, what today's newscasters and commentators and prognosticators are saying, but I'm glad to report to you, based on God's divine record here in Ephesians 1, verse number 7, that we have the riches, notice the plural, the riches of his grace. Friend, you can never exhaust that. The Lord's pantry is never empty. The Lord's shelves are never barren. Uh, the Lord's bank account is never low on funds. No, no, we have the riches of his grace. And no matter what you've done, what your sin is today, you can come to God and you can find the God of all grace will forgive you and he will cleanse you. He will, he will blot out your sin through his own precious blood, through the riches of his grace. By the way, that expression is repeated in chapter 2. Remember, I said this was one of the emphases of the book. Listen to chapter 2, verse 7. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. So, I love this. The riches of his grace not only reaches all the way back to the day of our salvation, it reaches all the way forward to eternity uh, future. 
the ages to come. He said, I'm going to show the riches of my grace uh, for all eternity. This is what you're going to talk about forever. And he uses this divine superlative, not just the riches of his grace, as if that were not enough. He says the exceeding riches of his grace. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Where sin flows, God's grace overflows. This is the first great thing in our Lord's treasure house. It's the riches of his grace. Then there's a second type of riches. Chapter 1 again, verse number 18, we read this. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So we move from the riches of his grace to now the riches of his glory. May I submit to you, you cannot know his glory until you know his grace. It's only as you come to experience the grace of God for yourself and have a real personal relationship with God that you begin to understand all of the glories that are connected to him and all of the glories that he makes accessible to us and where the experience of grace may be a moment, an event, uh, where we first enter into relationship Uh, the understanding of the riches of his glory. Now, that's a process, and it's the process of a lifetime. Notice it's found in a prayer, and Paul is praying for believers, for Christians, that God would open their eyes, turn the light on, help them understand, help them know what the hope of his calling was, help them know what the riches of his glory is and the inheritance in the saints is. You know what that says to me? It says to me that no matter how much Bible you know, how long you've been saved, or how well you think you know God, or how near Christ you believe you're living, there is more, friend. Oh, yes, there's much more. That's why we must never rest content. We ought to make this prayer our own. Dear Lord, open my eyes. Dear Lord, I want to know you better. Oh, dear Lord, help me come to understand more of the riches of your glory. I think we would live much more victorious lives if we would stop thinking about what we don't have and start thinking about what we do have in Jesus Christ. By the way, this expression, the riches of his glory, is also repeated. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Notice that understanding the riches of his glory is once again connected to prayer. And I tell you, the more you pray, the more you'll enter in. The more you commune with God and fellowship with the Lord and talk to the Lord, the more he will begin to reveal to you all of these resources that are at your disposal. And notice what grows out of understanding of it, strength. You need strength today? I'm going to tell you where strength comes from. Strength comes from realizing what you have in Jesus Christ. You've got more than enough. Look, you're not living uh, as a debtor today. You're living on divine credit. God's good name and Jesus' good record. You have the riches of his grace, you have the riches of his glory, and then once more in the book of Ephesians, we have the word riches. And this time it gets extremely personal. In fact, I believe this is the great application of it. It's found in Ephesians 3 in verse number 8. Paul is giving his own testimony. That's appropriate. And he says, Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Notice now that the riches are connected to someone. And who is that someone? Jesus. The hymn writer said, all that I have is Jesus. All that I need is Jesus. All that I want, all that I need, all that I plead is Jesus. 
You see, everything you need is found in Jesus Christ. Somebody said, well, how do you get the riches of his grace? Through Christ. How do you come to understand the riches of his glory? Through Christ. Oh, friend, it's all through Christ. Do you see how he keeps bringing these spiritual blessings back to Jesus, back to Jesus, back to Jesus? Oh, Lord, help all of us come back to Jesus. To the beautiful simplicity and yet to the great sufficiency that is found in the person of Jesus Christ. He refers to it not just as the riches of Christ, but the unsearchable riches of Christ. You can never exhaust that. That well never runs dry. That mine never runs empty. No, no, deeper and deeper we go into all that we have in Jesus Christ. Notice here in Ephesians 3, verse 8, it's connected not only to prayer but to preaching. It's what we must come to know, and it's what we must make known to others. Can I challenge you today? Do two things. Ask the Lord to help you know more about the riches you have in Christ, His grace and His glory, and then, by God's grace, share that with someone else. Isn't it amazing what God has made available for His people? Our sincere prayer is that you will discover all that God has for you and be led to true thanksgiving, worship, and praise. Join us again next time as we continue our study of the Word of God. Until then, thank you for listening. We would love to hear how God is at work in your heart and home. Visit us today at enjoyingthejourney.org.